Compliance. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to June's podcast series on one month to better investigations and internal reportings. So what do you do when the call, the email, or the personal tip comes into your office where an employee reports suspicious activity somewhere literally across the globe? That activity might well turn into a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act issue for your company. In today's climate, it can turn into issues under lots of different anti-corruption jurisdictions. The Brazilian Clean Companies Act, the UK Bribery Act, or even domestic anti-corruption laws such as brought GSK to bear in China. As the Chief Compliance Officer, it will be up to you to begin the process which will determine in many instances how your company will respond going forward and will set the tone throughout this most difficult period. This month's podcast series will provide to you all the steps you need to consider going forward. I'm going to take a look at independent versus in-house investigations, investigation protocols, the different resources that a compliance practitioner may bring to bear in an investigation, such as internal audit, IT, and legal. And I'll take a look at special issues such as privilege, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, data privacy, and of course, the Yates memo and its effect. I think you will learn a lot this month if you follow this podcast series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the June podcast series. Day three, the investigation protocol. Your company should have a detailed written procedure for handling any complaint or allegation of bribery, regardless of the means through which it is communicated. The mechanism could include the internal company hotline and anonymous tips or reporting directly from a business unit involved. You can make the decision on whether or not to investigate with consultation from other groups, such as the Audit Committee of the Board of Directors or the Legal Department. The head of the business unit in which the claim arose may also be notified that an allegation has been made and the Compliance Department will be handling the matter on a go-forward basis. Through such a detailed written procedure, you can work to ensure that complete transparency on the rights and obligations of all parties once an allegation is made. This allows the Compliance Department to not only have the flexibility but also the responsibility to deal with such matters <clears throat> from which it can best assess and then decide how to manage the matter. I believe there are five steps to uh, an investigation protocol. There are <clears throat> opening and categorizing the case, planning the investigation, executing the investigation plan, determining the appropriate follow-up, and closing the case. And I got these from my friends and colleagues, Jay Martin, Vice President and Chief Compliance Officer at Baker Hughes, and Jackie Trevino, Senior Consultant at SAI Global. So let's go through the five steps. Number one, step one, opening and categorizing the case. This is the triage step and the first step <clears throat> to categorize the ethics and ethics and compliance violation. You should notify the relevant individuals including those on your investigation team and any senior management members under your notification protocols. After notification, you should assemble your team for preliminary meetings and assessments. This step one can be accomplished in one to three days after the allegation comes into compliance, either through your reporting structures or other means. 
Given the ways that information about violations or potential violations of the FCPA can be communicated to the Department of Justice, having a robust triage system is an important way that a company can create, can rather separate the wheat from the chaff and bring the right amount of resources to bear on an FCPA problem. I should note tomorrow we're going to specifically look at the triage process. A key consideration in making an initial determination of whether to bring in outside counsel to head up an investigation and a determination of the resources that you may need or want to commit to the problem is in this triage process. Step two, planning the investigation. After assembling your investigation team, determine the required investigation tasks. These would include document review and interviews. If hard drives need to be copied or documents put on hold or sequestered in any way, or relationships need to be analyzed through through software programs or keyword search programs, this should also be planned out at this time. These tasks should be integrated into a written investigation or work plan so that the entire process going forward is documented. If there is variation from the written investigation plan, such variation should be documented and an explanation provided as to why there was such variation. Lastly, if international travel is involved, this should also be considered and planned at this step. Step two should be accomplished with another one to three days of time. Step three, executing the investigation plan. Under this step, the investigation should be completed. I would urge that interviews not be affected until all documents are reviewed and ready for use in the interviews. Care should be taken to ensure an appropriate upjohn warning is issued, and the interviewee clearly understands that whoever is performing the interview represents the interests of the company and not the person being interviewed, whether they are the target of the investigation or not. <clears throat> The appropriate step should also be taken to uh, preserve the attorney work, client, attorney, work client, attorney work product privilege and the attorney client privilege as well. Step three should be accomplished in one to two weeks. Step four, determining appropriate follow-up. At this step, preliminary investigation should be completed and you should be ready to move into the final phases. In some of get investigations, it is relatively easy to determine when the work is essentially complete. For example, if the allegation is both specific and narrow and the investigation reveals a compelling and benign explanation for the conduct alleged, <clears throat> then the investigation typically is complete and you're ready to convene the investigation team and the relevant business unit representatives. This group would decide on the appropriate disciplinary steps or other actions to be taken. This step short four should be completed in one to three weeks. Now, it must be cautioned at this step if there are specific findings or discrete allegations of bribery and corruption, a decision must be made on how to handle such allegations going forward. Step five, closing the case. Under this final step, communicate the investigation results to the stakeholders and complete the uh, case report. Everything done in the above step should be documented and stored either electronically or in hard copy form together. The case should be completed. Step five should be completed in one <clears throat> week or so. Now, obviously, this is not uh, for a significant investigation that you have to bring in outside counsel. We'll take a mul multitude of time and multitude of uh, interviews and weeks to effect. In that case, it will be much different. But this investigation plan really or protocol really gives you the uh, uh, background to think through how you're going to handle the routine investigations, which is equally important. One of the things the government has made clear to us is they want to know what your investigation protocol is and can only urge you to uh, have one in place, ready to go when 
and an allegation is made. So what are today's three key takeaways? Takeaway number one, a written protocol created before an investigation is a key starting point. Two, create specific steps to follow so there will be full transparency and documentation going forward. Although I've uh, laid out a five-step program that I think is appropriate, you may uh, have other steps, but the key is that you have these documented. And finally, consistency. It is absolutely mandatory that you be consistent throughout this process. If you have a variation or a, uh, a variance, that that variance be considered, approved by higher-ups and written into or documented as to why the variance was granted. The corporate, excuse me, the Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs requires properly scoped investigations by qualified personnel. By having an investigation protocol, this gives you a, a very good way to meet this prong to ensure that the investigations have been properly scoped, objective, appropriately conducted, and properly documented. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to Day 3 to One Month to Better Investigations and reporting, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day four. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us, as it would help in our rankings and also help get out the word about the only daily podcast for the compliance practitioner. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of One Month to better investigations and internal reporting. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.